Hello, 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 and welcome to episode four of Word Spoken. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you are well, whether you are tuning into this uh, day or night, whatever. Uh, if you're on going to work, coming back from work, going to bed, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning in. Um, excited for this episode. We've got a really great poet coming on. Um, quick bit of admin first. Please give us a follow at Word Spoken Podcast on Instagram. Also head over to YouTube where you can see one of the poems you're about to hear in beautiful glistening video format. Um, so yeah, let's jump straight on in. The poet we've got coming on to the show this week goes by the name of Ifto. Ifto has recently launched his very own book entitled Losers, where he essentially collected some of the best poems he had written over the course of a year. He challenged himself to write one poem a week uh, and the best ones from which went into his book called Losers. He's also co-launched a night called Off the Chest, uh, which if you've seen the Instagram of my personal one and the one of this podcast, you would have definitely seen some promotion out there. Um, and it's because it's a really great night. So if you want to give that night a follow, head to off the underscore chest. If those works references themes such as the British Asian experience, deconstructions of masculinity and addiction and isolation. He tends to infuse his personal struggles with honesty, realism and humour. So whilst he tends to write about things from his point of view, there is a real sense of rawness and purpose in his work. So I think without further ado, we're going to jump into his very first piece. This piece is taken from his book, Losers, and it's entitled Long, Long Life. I think it's going to be a long, long life. I start work at nine and finish at five. Then I get off at five and fuck around till nine. Until I'm tired and drift off to bed. Man, I shouldn't abuse these meds. But I don't want to be awake longer than I need to. Somebody once told me time will heal you. But it's been years and I'm still not cheerful. Someone lied. I like my food fried, my drink strong and my drugs dubious. I tell God I wish I wasn't born, but I'm an atheist. Don't think God works in retrospectives. Guess that's bad news for my exes. Because they wish I was never born too. Man, I could sure sniff glue. It'd be cheaper than the pills I keep popping. Too okay to kill myself so my heart's not stopping. Nor are my thoughts yet I keep on going. Pardon the honesty, my tendencies are showing. I need something to live for, give me a purpose. I'm working a job to keep me distracted on the surface. I'm in agony, I need a diagnosis. Do you know what this hurt is? No, me neither. I don't blame you, I'm an alien. Take me to your leader. Maybe I could ask him for a bit of advice. And my family don't think of think much of me either. It's no secret, they think I'm a whiner. You should be grateful, they say. You should pray five times a day. Stop being a quitter. Well, I'm crying on the toilet, mum. Sorry I take so long in the shitter. It's the only quiet place in the house. This house is too overcrowded. And I'm too fucking useless to do anything about it. Life is expensive, and I'm a poor, poor man. It's going to be a long, long life. Oh, how lucky I am. If the thank you so much for that first piece. No um, worries, man. That was that was <laughs> that was a really great piece. Um, and also, man, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Really do appreciate the support, man, for coming down. Um, Absolutely. So, thank you very much. How are you doing? What is up? What's news? Oh man! First of all, I've got to say, I actually 
strongly dislike Henry because... (laughs) Wow, what an intro, mate. (laughs) Because I had this idea, right? And you know when you're just like, oh, that'd be cool in passing. And and you're just sitting on an idea. And then, so I had this in the back of my mind. I'm going to be the first guy to do like a, a spoken word podcast. I've already met so many people. I could even ask Henry to come on my show. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> he Tables actually put it together. And uh, yeah, he, he's a better man than I am because uh, he actually put it together. And, and here we are living Henry's dream. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, man. What a start. Well, no, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm incredibly proud, and I'm also really honoured to be like your one of your earlier guests. Yeah, so. no, honestly, yeah. Look, the, you um, it, I met you and A's on exactly the same night. Yeah, um, I remember that night and uh, down at Boxed In. Yeah, um, and both of you, it was the first kind of time. I said the same to A's, but it was the first kind of time that uh, anyone had come up to me after a show, and we had that conversation. And then since then, we've been, I mean, we've been going to a lot of poetry nights, me and you. <laughs> like, it's a bit funny a how I always bump into it. Because I, <laughs> I look at an event and I'm just like, oh, nobody's going to come with me. And then I, I, I just know, like, I'm going to bump into you. And <laughs> yeah. it, it hasn't, you haven't let me down yet. No, so. <laughs> it's, like, it's just worked, isn't it? Um, but no, so I, 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 that was why I really wanted to get you guys on nice and early. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you just showed me so much love from that on that night. And then since then, you know, so it just it just felt right. Um, and yeah, and you absolutely proved that right with your first piece. That was oh, um, thank you. That was really amazing. Um, am I right that you so you so the second night that uh, I uh, went to a poetry night with you was at your book launch? Yeah. Right. So tell us a little bit about that book. Um, and about that night? Well, this feeds into basically how I kind of... Do you want, like, the origin story? Let's or... have the full thing, man. All right, okay. So I actually started off as, like, a um, more of a short story writer. Oh, yeah. And um, so I think, like, from the beginning of 2018 till the end of 2018, I set myself a goal to write 52 things and put them up in Medium. And they were mainly like short stories or like monologues. Yeah. Uh, not really poetry. And they weren't made to be performed or anything like that. Okay. Um, but then I I think what happened in the end was um, after the end of the year, I went back and took the best ones and I put them in a book. And I oh. thought, okay, what's the best way to kind of, you know, promote this book? And I'd been going to like quite a few sort of spoken word um shows up until that point so i thought you know what let's let's do an event and i'd read a few things out there and i think yeah i put on my own event which was really ambitious looking back on it because i barely knew anyone and it was to be fair like we did have a crowd but it was mainly made up of like friends and family Yeah, yeah so um but no, yeah, it was it was the second time I'd met you and yeah. I, you, you came to my event. So that's how I knew you were like, uh, <laughs> you, you were loyal right there. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, look, yeah, it was mainly because, as I said, we had that conversation after that night at, at Boxed In and I kind of was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to come down. Um, and I went down and it it was a really great night. It was a really great night. There was an open mic night in, involved and then it and then it led on to you reading out some of the poems from your book. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you did, in a year, you wrote one thing a week 
over a whole year, 52 weeks. Well, the, Id- <laughs> the idea was... That, was, was, that, was that what it was? So the idea at the begin- beginning was uh, one thing a week. That's why it's 52. But I think what happened was... commitment. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing. What happened was um, I did it quite well for the first two weeks, I think. And then, like, it fell through. Then I had to do two a week. And then I was just like, oh, no. Like, And I was playing catch-up. And by the time December came, I think I wrote, like, 18 things in one... <laughs> In one month, yeah, you, you, uh, you had to play a bit of yeah, catch up. Yeah, a bit you? of catch up. And I'll be honest, uh, the mentality was not about quality at that point because I knew realistically anything I write at this early stage was not going to be that great. It was more about sort of quantity over quality mm. just to get the practice in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is that is amazing. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of my um, my sister. Shout out to Kate. My sister did, um, she did, you you have actually met her, yeah. Yeah. She did um, this one year, you know when people do like a photo a day for a year? Yeah. She like did that and my sister, she's quite, she's not, you know, it's not a bad thing, but she's a little bit OCD. I mean, a little bit. She's very (laughs) OCD, my sister. And when it got to the end of the year, she was like a couple photos out and she had no idea how. And this shouldn't, but nothing. I, that was the funniest thing for me in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the fact that you had to kind of rush in the last eight, like last oh, couple in the last month is kind yeah. of pretty funny. But really bold move, and what and what came out of that was a really great book. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the um, one of the greatest things I. Oh, that sounds so like, wanky. But, one like, of the greatest things <laughs> I'm just I've ever better done. than you guys. Like, no, it was something that I felt like it's. It was like it started off a bit of a chain reaction because mm. after that, if I hadn't done that sort of writing, you know, writing some crap stories like and putting them up on the net, yeah. I wouldn't have actually got into like the spoken word stuff and wouldn't be here today. So I think it was the right move back then, and I'm 100%. really happy. Yeah, yeah, really happy about that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so now I I kind of just briefly want to chat about that first piece that that you just did. Um, long, long life. Long, long yeah. life, which you did perform at at that night. Yeah. Right? So this was in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I honestly think it's really, really great. One of the one of the lines which I really, really like from it is, I I tell God I wish I'd tell God I wish I was born, but I'm an atheist. I wish I wasn't born, but I'm Sorry. an atheist. Oh yeah, yeah. What a muppet! <laughs> I'm not trying to read it. Keep my oh. God, I'm, right. I'm crap at this podcast. No, no, no. I tell God I... Oh, what is it? <laughs> I tell God I wish I wasn't born, but I'm an atheist. Yeah. There you go. That is a... That's an amazing <laughs> line. And I I guess kind of like... What I felt like the theme with this piece was like... um constantly being in a situation which is like there's no way out of it's kind of like the yeah. last the last chunk where you where you say i am a poor man and this man this life is going to be a long life like it, it it's that it's that kind of like you're at a dead end crossroads kind of feeling was that the kind of sentiment you had when you were writing it yeah i so to preface this um frankie boyle is like my favorite comedian of all time oh i love him he's 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 just so so amazing but the thing is he's he's outrageous but he's really witty with what he says yeah and one of the lines he said and i actually don't i can't find where this line was from so if somebody can at like henry or me (laughs) and tell me if you know but the line is this um and i'm gonna butcher this it's not word for word but he said (laughs) Um, when I was younger, I was really af- afraid of the day I'd die, but now it's the only thing that keeps me going. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I found that really inspiring because it's like 
yeah, like you said, you can feel trapped at moments in your life and you're just like, fuck, life is so long. Like yeah. if it was over, like not in a sort of like suicidal way, like where you where you're super depressed, but in a way where it's just like, man, if I was dead right now, I wouldn't have to catch the Northern Line. Like that's <laughs> that's how you feel. Like <laughs> I, I feel like that most days, to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit morbid. Yeah, I you know, like and that's, I guess it's, I, I really wanted to perform this one here because I feel like it does give like a really good introduction into who I am. Mm. And the the line specifically, um, I w- I, I asked God if I, now I, <laughs> now, I've, I've now planted that seed in your head and now I've completely so fucked it. I tell, wish I, I, I tell God, I wish I wasn't born, but I'm an atheist. Yeah. It's a pay off that like existentialist, like sort of, like, you know, it's like, oh, if only this, but then I'm not really even like that. So it's. <laughs> Yeah. Like a bit tongue in cheek, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is really great, and I and I and I can also kind of tell that another theme is just sheer honesty in yeah. your work. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about that is um, one of one thing I've noticed with spoken word artists and poets and stuff like that is obviously people are very very honest. Yeah, but it but but it's almost quite an odd form of being honest because you wrap it up in such skillful language. Yeah. Why Why do you feel like that's uh, the only kind of medium through... Well, it's, maybe it's not the only one, but it's, it's the only medium through which spoken word artists and poets like yourself can express those thoughts. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's... I think it's... Hmm, that's Not that's an a, easy question. That's not, not an easy, easy question. That, you've got me thinking. That's a really good question, actually. I think it comes down to the fact that, like... Anybody can be honest, as crude as that sounds. So, for example, if I've gone through an experience, I could get up on stage and just say what happened. Mm. And that, that, would, that would be fine, you know, like that gets the point across. But it takes a certain skill or like some sort of artful thinking to kind of present the truth and get people to understand you, but not in such a direct way. Yeah. And that's what makes it beautiful. I guess it's sort of like with paintings and like impressionism like you can actually draw something or like paint something exactly how it looks or you can kind of put your own sort of twist on it and make it look really pretty yeah and weird and like and and like i think that almost works both ways so that works for the audience to be able to engage with the piece but it also works in a way for the writer to be able to comprehend what you know whatever feelings they are feeling so yeah i i guess that's kind of true really It, it does wrap it up in maybe a more useful uh outcome for both the writer and the audience for sure yeah, yeah. it's a funny one um do you know what i want to have a little chat about your next piece sure so poem number two. Oh, the next piece you're about to perform is called peace but yeah. not of the similar spelling uh <laughs> p-e-a-c-e uh tell me a little bit about when you wrote this piece what what's it about what's the kind of preamble this one is super recent i think um i only kind of came up with a last month i want to say and uh so that's that's october um Mm -hmm. and uh i think it was just born out of so if i think about myself i think i've gone through phases and uh i'd say 2018 was a bit of a dark year uh but 2019 has been more about sort of um reflection and sort of looking back like i'm no longer living the painful experiences i'm kind of looking back on them and so with that sort of hindsight you can have a lot more sort of logic and sort of you know analysis and i i wrote this because i wanted to kind of 
put out a message saying you know like it's important to do a certain thing so it's it's aimed towards like probably guys you know men in particular mm-hmm. talking about looking after yourself because i i sure didn't look after myself at at certain times of my life yeah and i really should have yeah why why like do you think uh i'm going to ask another deep question here <laughs> why do you think it is quite common for men not to be able to express their emotions. What What is it that's, that's unique about being male that has kind of led to that? And, and it's still a thing. It's, you know, it's still a, still a thing. Poets, male poets are amongst probably the most openly emotional people I've ever met. Mm. But why is it just in, gen- in general, do you think that there is a bit of a clash there? All right, so... I might, I'm going to take like a, I'm going to make a big sort of sweeping well, we're, assumption. We're, we're fine by that. <laughs> but basically, if you, if you kind of think about like you as a school kid, for example, and this might not be the universal experience. So I'll speak about it from my perspective. When I was at school, you know, all the guys like at school, um, as teenagers, we really wanted the approval of others. It comes from a, a place of insecurity and social expectation. You're expected to be the loudest one in the room or expected to be the most, you know, the most uh, resilient or the hardest guy there. And if you're not, you're kind of looked down upon. Mm. And I think most men never grow out of that phase. Like we, we get older, we look older and, you know, our age increases. But, uh, you know, if you look past that, Deep down, I think all guys still have that little school kid there mm. who's trying to impress his mates. Yeah, and I think that causes you know us to not really want to talk about things which are going wrong in the same way as say like a a woman would do with her friends because we're still those schoolboys at the end of the day and we mm. still want to impress our mates. And if we're kind of you know if we're going through a rough patch, we don't want to show that. No, because because it's um it's. It's basically a weakness. Yeah. And from my experience, like those kind of teenage years, whatever, weakness was always met with humor. Yeah. Like uh, weakness was really like preyed upon a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Which maybe, yeah, but maybe that's, yeah, I think you're right. But it is interesting how that doesn't really go away. And that as an adult, I think it's fight with that somehow. I think it's something you have to consciously like as men we have to consciously decide to to almost I want to say decolonize ourselves but I know that's not the right word. <laughs> like you sort of have to you have to rip that part out yeah. of you or you have to forgive yourself, you know, because a lot of the times we're very self-critical secretly. Um and there are two ways we can kind of cover that up. We can either kind of be like, oh, well, that's bullshit. I'm the best guy here, which is denial. Mm. Or we can be like, yeah, you know what? I am a horrible person, but then that's sort of self-pity and it's not the same thing as healing, you know? Mm. So I think, it, you know, the best way to combat that is just self-reflection, I think. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, on that note, we're going to have your second piece. Um, And... This is so. Uh, wait a minute. I'm not sure whether I should call you Ifty or If Ifdo. Oh, so I'm going through a bit of an identity crisis. I know. I wrote Young Ifto as my. I I envision that as my stage name. I'm going <laughs> to stick with this forever. Yeah. And now, more down the line, I'm thinking it's more authentic to call myself Ifty because my name is Iftikar, and <laughs> Ifty is short for that. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be known as Ifto when it's not me. 
But yeah. for the sake of this podcast, let's go with Ifto. Ifto, okay. <laughs> I mean, the listeners will have, will have already heard me say that in the intro, so the whole illusion of this has been blown because <laughs> I already know your name. Oh, I was just double-checking, yeah? yeah? <laughs> okay, so um, this is Ifto with Peace. Peace. Peace to every fleece that keeps you warm in a cold world. The least we can offer is a proper duty of care towards ourselves. Somewhere I forgot that my mind is as much a part of me as my limbs. I was unaware of the share of damage I caused it when I popped pills like mints. And in the midst of the addiction that swallowed me, I heard your voice. The veins that stained the planes of my wrists spelled out that I had a choice. But it was far too easy to fall face first right back into bad habits. Nightmares sidestepped entirely with the aid of powerful tablets. I couldn't face my demons so I got drunk with them. I couldn't face my guilty feelings, yet I stunk of them. A man can bury his emotions in the garden of his conscience only for them to grow into trees of addiction with branches monstrous that reach into all other areas of his once tidily kept backyard. Peace to every boy like me that suddenly found himself going too far. Oh, thank you so much for that. Again, um, a really, really amazing piece called Peace. Um, (laughs) It's going to get a bit confusing in a minute. <laughs> it is slightly, isn't it? Uh, but that, yeah, that was a really great piece. And I can kind of see um, how heart, like heartfelt that poem is, is yeah. for you. Um, so that, that kind of leads me on to my next question is what, what role does spoken word and poetry kind of tend to play in your life if you had to put it into like words? Right now, I feel like I've, kind of found the thing you know when you find the thing Mm -hmm. like i think i found the thing and the last thing that i found that i thought was the thing was really bad for my health yeah yeah. (laughs) which was uh like you know like an addiction really but i feel like if you get addicted to poetry i mean too much of anything is bad but if you get addicted to poetry the worst that can happen is 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 you spend too much time with me (laughs) (laughs) which can't be a bad thing like surely um yeah yeah you're right you're right no so the role that yeah it's it's at the moment i think it's the thing i really want to get into you know i want to i've only been doing the poetry at this level like seriously for a couple of months it's an incredibly yeah. short time so i'm i'm uh, it's early days still and i can easily see myself like spending the next couple of years like really kind of trying to perfect myself and and also it's more than just the poetry and the art itself it's the people you meet totally and yeah exactly like we're here in this room because I, I met you at a poetry event yeah um i think i think it in 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 so many more ways than one opens so many doors uh, yeah it like it like really does like not 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 only to a new side of yourself which you can then explore and write about various things that you didn't think you were going to do and a way to gain confidence but you also yeah you also meet people and and often in london like how how else do you randomly meet people if it isn't at work or like a friend of a friend you know For like sure, yeah you, you 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 actually really rarely meet someone you would have no other link to um and it's crazy because 
London's such a big place, but it can only it can also yeah, it can also be <laughs> that is a wine talking, is it? Are we gonna are we gonna edit that out? No, we're not gonna edit that out. <laughs> and because you said that, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm the master in, of this mate. one, mate. Right, fine then. You can have that as a as a bit of a sting if you want, but um, <laughs> no. London can be, it's a fantastic place, but it can also be a lonely place because if you have all these people around you, there's no real reason to kind of get to know every single person. Mm. Um, But yeah, poetry gives you that excuse. And also poetry crowds are incredibly inclusive. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And that, that is it. And that is not like, and it's, it's what I was going to say is that like, it isn't fake. No. Yeah. People genuinely are. Yeah. Um, Because I think. And I was thinking about, like, why is the poetry scene like this and, say, I don't know, the music scene maybe not like this? Um, I, I have a theory on that, but I want to hear yours first. All right, I'll do mine first and then I want to hear yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my theory is you can't actually enjoy poetry unless you open your heart. And then once you've opened your heart, you're just kind to the people who are at these events because you can't be, like enjoying the poetry and being like super you know receptive to it and then as soon as it's over you just turn around with like a a frown in your face and not speak to anybody you have to kind of put yourself into that zone and and it's it's powerful stuff yeah no i i i my theory is basically the same but what 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 i kind of think think about it is is when a poet is on stage the the most common theme as a spectator that I see in poets is vulnerability. Yeah. And so when anyone is confronted with someone that is kind of really bearing it all, you've got to be a real nasty person to not yeah. like show sympathy and support for that. Cause, cause people are really opening up and uh, telling you stuff that um, they don't tell other people in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, think maybe because if let's say if you were a musician or you're like a rapper as well the the one thing you need to be a good rapper is a lot of confidence yeah and if you're and a watching bravado as well and like, a bravado and if yeah. you're watching someone that has those two things it's so easy to not like them do you know what i mean <laughs> confident yeah. people are sometimes annoying <laughs> but when a when a poet goes up and they tell you something really personal in a way that you didn't see coming it's i mean yeah you know it's. I think it's just. To I do think with we've the... just got two different variations of the same thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. But no, it, it is amazing to see that. You know, I I love it. Like I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um. So talking about that, let's talk about off the chest. Oh, so hey. we are sitting here with the founder of off the chest co-founder co-founder i don't Sorry. want uh... shout out to ella <laughs> shout out to ella yeah. who is also coming on the show i will oh, absolutely yeah she is she is coming on soon um tell us a little bit about that night why did you start it what did you want to do with it and where's it going okay so off the chest i think it was basically an extension so my book losers where i where i did the launch event and i had people over that night when i did it um it was about me basically the entire night was about my my work even though it had open mic slots and I was thinking you know I really enjoyed the aspect of bringing people together who some people you know were listening to spoken word poetry for the first time and other people were experienced in it so I was like you know let me do another event but this time let's make it about other people not not this egotistical thing and so I had the venue and I was just like, 
because they, they the cafe where I held the event, they were asking me, when's the next one? When's the next one? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, this is possible. Um, but it off the chest didn't actually, it wasn't actually conceived until I met Ella and asked Ella to help me. So I only met Ella for like a couple of weeks before I was like, do you want to do this poetry thing for me? And she's just like, huh? Like, no, yeah. but she was really enthusiastic about it. And Ella is incredibly on the ball when it comes to the poetry and uh, the theatre, like a lot of things, actually. Mm. And um, so we came together, we put our sort of uh, minds together and we put on the first night only in October. Yeah. So, you know, it, and it went really well. Yeah, it, uh, it was yeah. such it was such a good vibe. Yeah, because because so so the cafe is called the Hill the Highland Highland Cafe. Highland Cafe. It's in, on Roman Road, so in, near Myland. Myland, yeah. Yeah, because um, it's a really intimate and like beautiful space. Yeah, um, and that's and the thing. It's, it was a good it's, night. It's great. It's great for. It's in a really small space, so it's in by the fact by the sheer fact that it's in such a small space, it has to be intimate. Yeah. And then if it's intimate, we try as hard as we can to make it inclusive and open and really down to earth. It's not about, you know, it's not about the the sort of flashy stuff. It's more, it's great for people who kind of want like a nice introduction into poetry, but then also for people who have experienced a lot of poetry and who kind of want to try out their things at a more softer crowd. Yeah, I mean, but but also as well, the... First uh, headline act you had was Sean. Oh my god! What a way yes. to start. Let Sean, me just say, Sean, Sean from Boxed In, Sean Mahoney. Mm-hmm. I I am a massive. So I I feel like I really got into poetry or spoken word rather through like two people, Yomi. Mm-hmm. So Yomi Sode, who does Boxed In, and also Jordans, yeah. and he's huge. And also Sean Mahoney, who does Boxed In. And those two guys, for me, were like role models almost. And this is going to sound corny. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, mate. This is a, this is a space for corniness. We like that. <laughs> but um, no, and I was really inspired by, like, well, both of their hosting skills, but Sean especially when he did Boxed In, because he puts on... He he's does, really good at yeah, it. Yeah, he's he? really funny and he's really warm. And so I kind of asked him can you feature for us at this thing uh, off the chest expecting them to be like, Oh, I'm too busy. This, that and the other, but he was just like, yes. And there was no further negotiation needed. <laughs> so he came down on the first night, which is such a blessing to yeah. have him there. And he absolutely killed it. Yeah. And like, he yeah. He's yeah. Great time. He's, he's got, he's he, obviously he's, you know, he's been, doing this like a bit longer but but yeah he, he's he's got he's a ran, really um i'm sorry go on yeah he's ran boxed in for seven, seven years. years that's crazy I mean, <laughs> that is, that's a good effort <laughs> he was on the scene before there was a scene basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but hey watch out off the chest because seven years time yeah. mate yeah Ooh, that would be the dream seven off the years chest, is a yeah. long time that's <laughs> so impressive that i, I can't that. think seven weeks into have, the future have, have you heard of, have you heard years. of a poetry night run longer than that i don't know if i have oh i don't know i feel like i'm like... sorry if there is one out there that now they're like oh well you didn't give us a shout out but, <laughs> but i, I think jordan's might have been oh yeah chocolate poetry club might... that, that's, no, fi- that's, that, that's five, five years, years. Yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah no the, it's very hard to think of any that are going on that long very impressive yeah. i think and also it's great um for someone like you that have just launched your night because i mean those are the kind of nights that you've been going to yeah. and they're totally the ones to learn from right yeah. like they the because each has a bit of a different vibe 
there's a couple of different things that they do, right? So, I mean, yeah, for you, for you to, for you to get Sean on your very first one, hats off to to your mate because that is um, it is great and it is a sign of what this night is going to evolve into. Like, it really is. Like, if you start off with that, it's only going to get better. Um, It's really kind. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can can keep them there if you want. Yeah, patting my knees, like, happily. You can pat pat yourself on the back. Pat myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, oh, yeah. So, I I guess this perhaps is uh, the similar kind of question. Maybe you've already answered it. But what... um, poets or musicians or things in life do you feel influences your work the most like are there any poets in particular or yeah certain bands or whatever like where do you get your in, in, inspiration from so my inspiration because i started off as like a a prose writer like short stories and stuff i was really into the writers like i was really into like albert camus you know that's the sort of where the sort of existentialist vibe comes from um i'm but then i when i got into the poetry scene i was really blown away by jordan's sort of features mm. so i really like yomi for his sort of hosting but then also like his performance i've seen quite a few of his videos now i love sean's stuff you know the stuff he performed at off the chest yeah it's very sort of obs- observational and i guess that's kind of existentialist in a way because it's about everyday life um i'm also really into uh somebody called uh kareem parkins brown mm-hmm. um so he was a i think he, i believe he was a barbican young poet and his sort of style is uh, he's just like if you met the guy off of the street but he happened to be into poetry that's how down to earth but mm. then also relatable he is and he's actually going to be our feature at the next oh, off the chest which what a great little plug <laughs> that was which uh you guys will probably miss because uh um this episode's gonna come out right. afterwards yes but, well um, no people are true yeah, yeah good point but but uh, if ne- anyone is listening make sure you follow them on yeah. instagram that's which the best is, way to what's the instagram us. handle the it's at off the underscore chess so mm. at off the underscore chess yeah and uh we try to run it every single month so chances are by the time you're hearing this mm-hmm. there's gonna be one coming up soon so get on that <laughs> get on that but yeah, follow up. yeah and then to come back to the question outside of poetry i've been really into sort of um you know like i said frankie boyle but then also rodney dangerfield like as a comedian so he's really famous for his real name uh, no (laughs) i I don't think that was the name he was born with that's an incredible uh, (laughs) but um he was he's dead now like he he was an american sort of comedian and he was famous for his sort of one-liners so I think there's an Anderson Pack song which has like a skit of it oh, in front. Which, which song? I love it. Oh, I love him. I can't. What, off well, the Malibu album? The latest album I think oh, he's right. had. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, so the, the line is, um, uh, a girl told me to come over, nobody's home. I went over nobody was home <laughs> so it's that sort of like very self-deprecating just one-liners like yeah <laughs> that like took me a second later to get i was like what uh, oh yeah um, uh, okay cool yeah. yeah so you got so you kind of bring in it's the a comedy couple of and different the sources yeah 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 okay cool well let's um i want to have a quick chat then about your third and final piece yeah so it is coconut culture coconut culture so yeah. when you sent me this this was this was 
I mean, as I said, I loved all three, but this was the one that really stood out. I thought this is a really great piece. I'm really glad that you've chosen to do Thank it last, you. which means it's going to be on the YouTube channel. Way. Shout out to anyone. Please go and check out check the out. Word Spoken YouTube channel because you'll get to see the poem you're about to hear uh, in video format. So go Sick. and do that. Um, sorry, that was just a little plug for myself. No, though. do it. Right. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about this piece. Yeah, so if if you happen to be listening to this, and you haven't actually seen a picture of me, you might be thinking, is this guy white? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So it's, it comes about from the fact, well, a coconut, if you don't know, is somebody who's brown on the outside and white on the inside. Wait, so so is I'm it, Asian. But is, is that an actual term? It is an actual, oh, and it's I a didn't... derogatory term, um, oh, kind right. of used by brown people against brown people. So like if somebody acts doesn't act so asian or like if they act a bit too white they might be like oh you're a coconut and it's sort of used as a pejorative to kind of say you're betray you're a traitor almost or you're Mm. you're unauthentic or like trying too hard um so coconut culture is about that because i feel like for a lot of people i do come across as not brown enough like some asians look at me and they're just like you're you're quite peculiar Um, do you like get that on a regular basis do you well my (laughs) my friends (laughs) uh no they joke around but i definitely see it like i definitely feel like and it's also like a personal thing it's not just other people saying it to me i also feel like i'm a bit of an awkward i'm in a bit of an awkward position because i'm not too brown but then i'm definitely not white so like where am i and i yeah i thought you know let's put it in a poem (laughs) yeah Great. Okay, cool. Well, I think on that note, we will hear it then. So uh, this third and final piece we're going to hear from Ifdo is called Coconut Culture. Considered a coconut. Considering criteria cruelly counted out of my control. Bless my soul, I can't speak my own mother tongue without sounding somewhat dumb. Another relative from Bangladesh rang and I'm spluttering down the phone in the wrong homophones. I juggle two lives and two sides of me simultaneously. Where's the medal for me? Smoking in front of a mirror, swearing to the free healthcare, I've never had a mind clearer. Don't let mummy smell me. Don't let auntie and uncle tell me. Well, we aren't breaking any laws, of course, so the source of anxiety might be coming to me culturally. I'm at fault, really, for not being closer to my roots. But like a growing plant, You have to wait to develop the shoots. Maybe one day I can be as brown as I feel and not be as brown as I feel I need to be. I don't understand my identity completely, but being authentic to myself is what will complete me. I'm supposedly too white for the brown people and too brown for the whites. That's all right. I will create my own subculture and make myself fit the bill. It will be called the coconut culture and it will accept coconuts brown and hairy on the outside and white on the in. And within coconut culture will dictate that your life or personality isn't stereotyped by the shade of your skin. (laughs) 
Hey, thank you so much for that. That was a really great piece. No worries. Um, no it worries. It was really good. We had a bit of a minor technical minor hitch technical, there, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for your patience for that, obviously. We cut through it with the poetry. We cut through say? it. And when we cut through it in the edit, none of the beautiful <laughs> listeners will know. Um, so, yeah, that was a really great piece. So, so you wrote that really recently. Yeah, extremely recently. Mm. I haven't actually... This was the first time I've actually performed it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something which I've been thinking about a lot. Obviously, the themes with um, being a coconut um, and sort of not feeling that sense of acceptance or like feeling like an outsider. Yeah. Um, so coconut culture is a bit of a, a funny way to say, well, like you, I've got my own culture, like I'm ethnically a coconut. So <laughs> no, go. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. What 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 would you say? Uh, I guess you're probably a good person to ask about this. And so, so you you kind of feel that some of your friends see you as brown on the outside and white on the inside. What is it about you that you think can be categorized as white on the inside? Like what? Like do you have any kind of example? Like yeah. what would you kind of put it into words as? So the best way to kind of explain this is the fact that like for universe. So I grew up in um I grew up in East London, like in the brownest place in the world, like um. The Bakerloo line. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Don't know how to respond to that. One. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you too. Continue, continue. And, uh, oh, God, I, I might cut that out. <laughs> uh, Henry thinks brown people should only take the Bakerloo line. Let, you heard it here first. That's the official opinion of word spoken. No, no. I, I grew up in um, Tower Hamlets, which is like... The area which is Whitechapel, Bethnal Green, Stepney Green, Brick mm. Lane, Mile End. So that area, um, which has like a large Bangladeshi population. Um, and uh, so I grew up like the brownest guy, like, you know, speaking in, in a particular way. But then for university, I actually went to um, I went to Oxford University, which is the whitest place in the world. And um, mm. my accent actually, after three years, changed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Especially in the first year, like it was a radical, like al- almost overnight. So when I came back down to London for like Christmas and stuff, and people were hearing me speak, they were like, "This guy, <laughs> this guy's putting on like an really? accent." And I was yeah. like, "No, like I'm really not doing this on purpose." Like it was such a weird transformation. So that was the first thing that went. But then it also like. Because I was outside of London for, like, that period, I didn't really get into the sort of UK rap sort of music. And mm. I know you don't have to be from London to get into that, but, like, I, I can, the, the people I was hanging out with in Oxford weren't into that. So I kind of listened to their music, which would be considered a bit more white, a bit more indie. I was watching, you know, like, weird things, and I found my sense of humour became a little bit more white. It, it, I'm talking really in abstract. But no, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, hopefully people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but now that I'm back living in London, I, I feel like I've I've maybe gone the other way a little bit, but like not in the sense that I'm back to where I began, just in between these two sorts of identities right now. Mm. So I feel like more of a coconut than ever before. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 it, it's kind of great to hear someone vocalize that because, yeah. um, yeah, it's great to shine to kind of shine a light on these things and let people know what it's like to live in this city yeah. from a different point of view. So, yeah, yeah thank I, you for I, sharing that. I feel like it also kind of challenges the idea that 
to be Asian, you have to be this particular way, which I think is completely wrong. The only thing you need to be Asian is to be Asian. Like mm. you have to come from that area. Yeah, it and says then you can be nothing else you about you. Really, exactly. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that, that kind of leads me on to my final question, man. Uh, which is, uh, what is next for you? What do you want to do? What are your plans for the future in the spoken word scene? Yeah. So. I would really love to see Off the Chest just explode because mm-hmm. uh, it's still super early days. By the time we finish recording this, hopefully the second event would have happened. And then um, I, I really want us to kind of keep going with this momentum, keep getting amazing features, keep getting sort of the uh, the open mic performers of the standard that we got last time and mm. hopefully from here on out like just keeping it high quality and hopefully I want it to kind of compete with the box sins and the jaw dances and in the sense of like this is a established night this is a night where people go to feel welcomed to feel kind of like they can perform and like get you know get into the spirit of things and secondly I just want to say I really hope to continue developing as a spoken word artist and because i think that's what it's all about really like just the craft of it i really want to get to the point where i can feel like i'm 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 proud i I am proud of myself but i want to get to the point where i'm just like i can look back at days like this and be like wow i've come a long way Mm. yeah cool well look uh i think that's certainly is definitely going to happen for you. So I wish you the best with Off the Chest. Thank you. I wish you the best with the poetry that you are about to write. You know, this the the last piece you just did, you've recently written. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it's one of my favorite pieces oh, that, you, you so that, that I've ever heard you do. Yeah. And I've heard you do a lot. Um, and, <laughs> too uh, much. Too, too much. It's getting boring. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, if that itself is a sign of what's what's to come man then uh yeah i mean you should 100 percent be proud um so yeah i wish you the best with off the chest i wish you the best in the future we'll be seeing each other at many other poetry nights in the future no doubt um but yeah thank you so much for coming on to the show quickly if people want to follow off the chest it's off the underscore chest Chest. so that's on instagram and now twitter as well so off the underscore chest we have a facebook as well like if you type in off the chest poetry that should come up and yeah. you can follow my personal account it's young ifto so y-u-n-g-i-f-t-o and i'm on i'm on everything so you'll find me yeah cool okay well on that note thank you very much to ifto um and yeah thank you guys for listening um and we will see you next week 